Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. back to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. I am really excited today. I want to welcome two very special people who are changing the world in the most significant and deeply reaching way. They are the epitome of a deeply connected and devoted couple who are, they talk their talk and they walk their walk. Dr. Elsbeth Moit and Freddie Zental Weaver have assisted thousands of couples and singles create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their life and relationships. They are featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award, an NBC show, Starting Over, as well as being best-selling authors of Sexual Enlightenment, endorsed by world-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith, and the co-founders of Tantranova Institute in Chicago. They have coached billionaires, innovators, and power couples all over the world and shared their intimacy secrets at a global YPO Young Presidents Organization Conference in the City of Love, Paris, and were nominated as Changemaker at the White House-sponsored 2016 United States of, United State of Women's Summit in Washington, D.C. Elspeth and Freddie Zental are beloveds husband and wife, as well as business partners, and they reside in Chicago. Welcome to both of you. Hi, Kelly. Good to see you. Thank you so, so much for having us on, Kelly. I'm just delighted that you're here. And I always love to start the show with where it all began and the why behind it. And I'd love to have you share the journey that led both of you to become experts in intimacy and relationships through Tantra. And then what inspired you to found the Tantranova Institute in Chicago and what unique approaches that you bring to your work because of your why? That's a pretty loaded question, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll kick it off. So, hi, again, great to be here with your audience and everyone. Um, so I was first introduced to a core curriculum of what we teach when I was 13 years old. This was my first introduction to sexual meditation. I was 13 years old, living in Hawaii, going through my puberty, spending a lot of time in the shower, <laughs> as a lot of guys do when they're going through that part of their life. And my father at the time was a practicing psychiatrist and took pity on me and gave me a book to read on how to integrate sex and meditation. So I loved it. My girlfriend loved it. And even more than that, I had this idea to go on to college on athletic scholarship, but I didn't believe that I could do it. The meditation, sexual meditation practices allowed me to shift from that belief into a belief that I could. Now, I did do the physical work of doing it, and I was able to do it, but it was with ease and grace and flow. After college, I kept doing these practices uh, and going to workshops and reading books and applying these principles in my personal relationships. I was in the software business for a long time in San Francisco. And the beginning, it was a great job, really loved it, engaged. After about 15 years, it was just a job. And knowing what I knew about my own inspiration and engagement in life, that was missing. So I thought maybe an opportunity in Chicago, so something had opened up. 
company hired me, moved me to Chicago, and then I was single there, and I was looking for Shakti, a female tantra partner, and this is where Elspeth comes into my life. So I was online, we're one of the early online couples, this is 22 years ago, and she shows up, and we meet, and we almost, and she's on her own tantric journey, which she'll tell you about at that time, and well, she had just done a two-year program in Maui and how to teach this, so I did that certification program as well, and we pooled our resources and we created this work. Uh, and thusly, in the last 22 years, we've uh, written book. Uh, we've traveled all over the world, working with couples and singles. Uh, we teach uh, thousands of people all the time online, uh, speaking to people. We've worked with YPO all over the world. Uh, and we can see how these principles and practices can begin to shift a belief. If you have an idea of what you want to create, and in our book, we'll get into this later, but um, we're looking forward to sharing more about this with you. So I'm going to stop there and let Elspeth tell you a little bit about her. I'm getting the cue sign. You can't see it under the table, but she's, she's hitting me with a with a stick. So. Look how graciously she does that. I just that does couldn't not even tell. Right? My leg's bleeding down here. I, you couldn't believe it. <laughs> I gotta hear how how this experience has been for you, Elspeth, because obviously he is the luckiest guy in the world with his parents and started off with a head start. How did this all come about for you? Yeah, you know, Kelly, I would have loved to have a dad who would have given me a book on sex consciousness when I was 13 years old, but you don't know about you, it was not customary in my family. I'm one of 10 children, grew up in post-war Germany and came to the United States in my late 20s. So over these teenage years and early adult years, I really, you know, found my own uh, groove. Um, and then I came to do postgraduate work here in the United States, and I liked it so much, I stayed on, got my doctorate in education, and then I moved into management consulting. So that was in the 90s. I had gotten really good at consulting. However, I was really miserable in relationship. Uh, you know, I had this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And while that was exciting, most of the time I was alone. And there came a moment, I can remember it to this day, when I felt deep despair because I could see that if I will not shift that trajectory of attracting unavailability, I would end up without lasting intimacy and love in my life. And I did not want to settle for that. So that was the time when I deeply delved into meditation and then the practice of Tantra. I had known about Tantra through books, but I never had before dedicated myself to the discipline of Tantra. And in the practice, in the healing rituals that the Tantric practice is so rich of, mm. I discovered something that I didn't know. And that had to do with that I distrusted men. Now, I was not a distrusting bitch at that time. I was charming. I reeled them in. I invited them, you know. But underneath, we call it the subconscious, there was something running that I couldn't see from my conscious mind. 
that, however, as always, the subconscious does, mm. runs the show. And that was such an opening because tapping into that, and it was not an intellectually getting, getting of that. It's an experiential way because in the tantric practice, you really use the body, you use your heart, you use your mind, you use your spiritual self, all coming together. And that is where we then can discover that often these, you know, decisions we may have made or beliefs we hold, they live on the cellular level and the tantric practice really actually guides us there. And then, you know, after that was revealed and cleared, that is just as important. The revealing is not enough, but the clearing, you know, six months later, Freddie Sintal came into my life. <laughs> and the game changed then, didn't it? Because right. <laughs> right continue. time, right person, and you were in the space. Right. And, you know, if I had not cleared that pattern, I'm sure I would not have recognized him as a potential partner. Yes, I would have seen him, handsome, tall, all of it. But, you know, what I'm talking about is more underneath. So I'm so grateful that I did my clearing work. And often people say to me, you know, but I have to wait to come see you in your workshops. Um, at, you know, I have to wait for a partner coming into my life. I know, no, you put the cart before the, the horse. You prepare yourself so that the partner can come into your life. So this is how it happened for me. Well, obviously a good decision because things are going well 22 years later. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. So... Well, Go ahead, no. Freddie. This, in the relationship. This story uh, really explain, really hits to the core of what this work is about, particularly as people are looking at becoming the six-figure speaker. Because we often will say we want something, yet in the background, in the subconscious, there is a running belief that it's not possible. And so in these practices that we teach, it's about shifting the belief to really with all of our fiber and all of our neurosynaptic memory and all of our conscious thinking, and of course the stuff we do in the world to create it, but it happens with ease, grace, and flow. As I was sharing in my story about the basketball, I did the stuff that I would do normally though without the suffering, without the belief that it couldn't happen. So that's the thing that really starts to allow someone to turbocharge what they really most deeply desire. And that those are the practices in the yoga, the energetic yoga that we teach. Well, that's the next subject I want to I want to go to because you know the term tantra often carries a lot of misconceptions, and you know how do you dispel the myths about that and help people understand the true essence of tantra? Mm. Yeah. So tantra yoga is the yogi yoga of the energetic body, unlike hatha yoga that we are very well familiar with here in the West that is the yoga of the physical body. So in Tantra Yoga, we learn about connecting with energy, our energy, our human energy that runs through us all the time and shows up in different ways. Um, in terms of the misconception about Tantra, you know, people often think, oh, Tantric sex, the sexy yoga, yeah, there is an aspect of that, 
the sexual dimension is one dimension. There are really four dimensions, the physical sexual, the heart and love, the mental thought, and the fourth is the spiritual, we could call it also consciousness or the cosmic. So when we are fully integrated in these four dimensions, we actually return to wholeness, to a sense of well-being, a sense of integration. Just as we came into this world, we were integrated and then we learned or we coped and became more compartmentalized. So I may be more in my heart and my emotions and have forsaken my sexual being or the other way round. I'm so focused on my sexual uh, being that I'm not connected to my heart. I'm always in my head, you know, figuring things out. So I'm not connected to my heart yeah. or my sex. The thing about the yeah. tantra practice and working consciously with sexual energy is that, you know, we still are in such a vilifying place, pornographic place, a right or wrong place about the sexual piece in our in our humanness. Yet there is an intelligence, an encapsulated intelligence in sexual energy, as Elspeth mentioned, Energy is everything. You know, there's a lot of you know manifestations of energy, and when it manifests as sexual energy, we are in an altered state. You know, Kelly, whether we're doing consciousness work or not, we're more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive. Chemically, we're shifted more endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. So, doing sexual meditation with specific distinctions of breath awareness. Um, energetic awareness, intention, like I want to play basketball, or I want a beloved or whatever it might want a business, whatever it might be for you. We are in a more unmasked vulnerability to the unconscious self. And if, if you know, we look, you know, that energy is um, where we put our thought is where we put our energy and energy changes matter. So when we can start to become aware of the cascading effect that even our thoughts have, we can catch ourselves before we even start going down the path or belief of some deprecating thought that is not really allowing in this thing in the business or whatever the six, you know, the six figure speaker that you want to be, whatever it might be. Um, actually, Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, he mentioned in his book, there was a section that he said, and his whole book was back 1930s, but his whole thing was about shifting people's belief to think and grow rich. And so he, in one in one section, he said, lucky is, he, he was a little patriarchal, is the man, but I, we say lucky is the person who can learn to use their sexual energy to create wealth. That was his thing. So, you know, he didn't go into how to do it, but we do. And it's not just wealth, but anything else you want to yeah. create. So let me just if I may further Please. build on it, yes. so that what Freddie is alluding to, this uh, sexual energy is really our creative energy. It's the most creative, most powerful energy there is, given that it brings forth life. You know, nuclear energy is very powerful too, but it cannot bring forth life. Mm. So when we learn to harness that energy instead of spilling it, we can use it and channel it and bring it into what we want to bring forth in the world. You know, just like we harnessed electrical energy 200 years ago, like over 200 years ago, we had lamps, gas lamps and candles. And then we learned how to harness 
electrical frequency. So now we can use it to power our houses, to power our computer, whatever you know we want to power. It's wonderful. We can do this with that creative life-giving energy and then channel it into whatever we want to channel it to, either into our physical body for greater health, into our heart for greater well-being, into our third eye, our thinking, where we then can use it to fuel our intentions. And then, of course, we can connect also with the universe. Uh, yeah, You know, sometimes people get it twisted because they hear this and they think, oh, all I got to do is sit in a yoga position and jerk off and I'll be fine. I'll be and then, you know, wish for something. No, it's about that altered state that we're in when we're in the sexual. And that's the unmasking. You know, oftentimes, you know, the French call it the little death, that three seconds of orgasmic experience. And for the man, it's a little different in terms of learning to not just last longer, but learning to circulate what we call this orgasmic nectar. It's in that space of nothing that we can bring in something. Because the thing that is giving us what we're getting, which often isn't what we say we want, is us. We're the ones who unconsciously are running a story or creating what we're getting. So how do we get to what we don't see about what we're doing to create what we're getting? So this unmasking, this intimate vulnerability that happens in the sexual begins to open the door for us to continue to do the work that we're committed to do. So it's not just the sex thing is going to magically make it happen. We have to continue to do our work and it's moment by moment yeah. because it's these old stories and these old beliefs that maybe, be, you know, I can't be the million, you know, the hundred thousand dollar speaker, you know, in the background running something that we learned or appropriated from way before we even thought of that as something we want to do is something that's so deeply rooted for us, some of these stories that we can't get to them in the, in the conscious. So as we work in the subconscious in these sexual meditation practices, we can start to tap into the frequency of the story and how it shows up to begin to shift it in the moment when it shows up again. So it's continual moment by moment work to keep moving with grace, ease and flow towards that thing you most deeply desire. It, you know, I love it. This is why I wanted to have you both on together, because I wanted people to really get a feel for the both of you, the both of you and the take that you have on this and, and the depth of this subject. So uh, it's just so clear, you know, people hear Tantra Nova and they think, OK, we're going in for sexual therapy. Uh, and and they either say I have time for this or I don't have time for this or I want this or I don't have a I don't have a partner, I want a partner um, or I I have the wrong partner. But we used mm. to be we used to be good partners and we've lost each other along the way. Let's let's try this out so that the people listening out here can get a feel for what it's like to come in and be part of the Tantra Nova Institute. What the experience is like with them. Tell me your work and how it involves helping couples and what kind of person comes to Tantranova to learn about sexual enlightenment and, and how does the understanding of that contribute to healthier relationships for individuals and couples? You work with couples and you work with individuals, but do you work with singles? Yes, yes. We work with singles just like I came to Tantra as a single because that was the very thing I wanted to open up to, which was, you know, looking for what was in the way that I couldn't bring in the beloved. 
because it was very foggy. If I had known it from my conscious mind, I would have changed it. But I didn't, and I really struggled with it. And um, so the people who come to us, both singles and couples, there is always something in common, which has to do with that they are ready for opening up something new around love, intimacy, and or their sexual self. And I'm really emphasizing these three dimensions of love, intimacy, and the sexual. Um, nobody comes here just to hang out or, you know, in a frivolous way to find out a little bit more. When people show up at our doors, even just, you know, signing up for a complimentary consultation, they come with a certain hunger, certain curiosity, a certain readiness. And then, of course, they want to see if that what we offer is a fit to what they are looking for, to what they resonate with. So what's different in the Tantra Nova approach from, let's say, marriage counseling or therapy or any other you know, or most transformational modalities. The difference is that this is really a whole beingness involvement where people learn in action. You know, let's let's take a couple, goes to marriage counseling. So in marriage counseling and most forms of therapy and counseling are based in talk therapy. So they start talking about it what's, you know, there for them and which can be quite useful. I'm not saying that isn't great. However, as long as we talk, we stay in our conscious mind. I cannot language something unless my conscious mind is involved. However, whatever keeps them from each other or in fighting or disconnected in their body doesn't live in the conscious mind. It lives on the cellular level in the subconscious. We cannot talk about that <laughs> because it's not in the conscious, you know. So it's quite limited. Then it can be quite limited. And so where we take people is really, of course, there's conversation, there is sharing, and there are concrete practices to drop into our body, to learn to use the breath to move our energy to listen to our energies that can show up in emotional ways. Emotion is pure energy in thought ways, pure mm -hmm. energy. Sensations like pleasure is a sensation, pure energy. I cannot touch pleasure. I cannot, I mean, I feel pleasure through touch, but the sensation itself, I cannot touch, I cannot see. It's pure frequency. So frequency, we talked earlier about harnessing energy, like electrical energy, harnessing the energy in the human being that can be of sexual nature, of the nature of sensation or emotion or thought. We want to become fluent in listening to ourselves. Because the more fluent I am, the more flowing I become, the more translucent I become more available to joy, pleasure, connection, dancing with the beloved in him and the beloved with myself 
I don't know if I answered your question. Well, you answered it beautifully. Um, the question I would have is, let's say just, this is truly deep dive. This is truly you're bringing people in for a deep dive into themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to really make the connections, to and, connect and, the dots. And, yeah, and the promise is that they will experience a fundamental shift around love, intimacy, their sexual being. You know, we are not interested in producing incremental change. It's not it, it's it's not lasting and it's also not what I mean, why would I do that? You know, it's like trial and error and a little bit more. What about seeing something that I never saw before? You know, like for me, when I came to Tundra, I had something literally in front of my eyes like that. You know, there was something in the way. So what is that for us? So we want to discover that and then remove it. And I was just, just going to say, this is about discovery. Discovery of yourself first. Yes. Before well, you can discover the other person. I cannot discover the other person if I haven't discovered myself. That's I it. can't be <laughs> intimately connected with Freddie if I'm not intimately connected with myself. So this is why it's essential to connect with self. And when we, in our work, it's like when couples come, it mm -hmm. happens, you know, side by side that they do their own work. I mean, they're always showing up together. And then there are particular practice that is for couplehood, you know, where they then apply that what is opening up for them. So it's an intertwined uh, learning. And whoever, if you come alone or with someone, you know, there's an, there's an intake. So people have written down extensively sometimes what it is they would like to get out of this this weekend together. Uh, or re retreat together, um, you know, and it's something typically that that has has eluded them. And so in the processes, there are actionable insights that they get and they see, and then they learn some of the techniques and practices of how to work consciously with life force or sexual energy. And they're given that as homework practices to do. And it's in that intimate vulnerability that we talked about earlier, that one gets out of their own way to begin to even believe neurosynaptically and emotionally what it is they want to create. And we and, and so that listening that Elvis was talking about to oneself is the listening to sometimes that automatic frequency of that old belief. And it's not even in language. It's in a feeling, it's in an emotion, it's in a frequency, and it's recognizing that that we can begin to do some of the breathing techniques and then to begin to believe, to begin to shift the thinking thoughts that we do. And we start to, with ease, grace, and flow, what I call flatten the old story and the old neurosynaptic memory to keep moving towards this thing that we say we most deeply desire. And so what I say opens up for people is choice. Choice to choose what it is they really want to. Because oftentimes we go around, oh, you know, my life's just been hard, or, you know, the weather, or it's because well, of her or there him. Are no or, good men. <laughs> it's some external reference that is keeping me from generating joy, happiness, belief the things that i want in my life and how i want to feel and so once we start doing this work we start getting the, the clue and the practice and the tools to begin to shift old story and begin to take control and begin to move towards that thing well tell me with this let's say 
you, I mean, I know there's a certain type of person that is just going to leap to do this, that is a little bit more in touch and, and somebody that's truly looking for more depth and, and, and more discovery with themselves and in their relationship. But what happens when both um, sides of the couple are not in the same place? So let's say you have a couple where one of the partners is very shy. One of the partners is scared to death. They're going to have to walk in here and talk about their sex life and they're just not ready. I mean, one of the benefits that I feel from the two of you is it's so great that you're a, a husband and wife and mm. that you have the experience. You're not the same person. This isn't a homogenous couple. This is a couple that works well together, but they are truly different and yet work together so beautifully but how do you how do you move through that how do you invite both parties to come and and get through that if one party is super shy and private and doesn't want to share all those details what do you do to move them through that process so exactly because of that we have different offerings so we have group offerings, like in workshops, in retreats, and then we also have private programs. So for some people, they wouldn't feel comfortable in a group to share or to open up or discretion is called for because they have a, play a certain role in public life. So they can choose then what is required to even come, you know, across our doorstep, so to speak, is that both want to open something up for themselves and with each other. It may be that one is more leading it, ready to move, and the other one is cautious or feels like, you know, their spouse just schlepped them to the introductory workshop or to a consultation with us but then our job is really to support them in getting clear what's important to them in their life in their relationship both to, with themselves and with their partner and what they mm -hmm. want to bring into their life in terms of love of connection of intimacy and so forth and once that is, you know, carved out, often the other partner comes around and says, yeah, I really want to reconnect with my wife or with my man partner, male partner. Or, I mean, it's not only for heterosexual couples, it's for same-sex couples or, you know, homosexual uh, orientation or transgender or bisexual because it's always about that energy and no matter if I'm homosexual or bisexual or heterosexual in relationship it's about polarity if there is not that yin and yang or feminine and masculine not necessarily in gender but in energy if that is not there there is no magnetism you know, we're just both more in our yang or both more in our yin. And, or two magnets, two positive want, or negative magnets. Yeah, so we want to have a positive and negative, so to speak, 
that brings the attraction, the connection. And often for couples, particularly couples who have been together for quite a while, that is at the very core that wants to be reawakened because they have gotten used to each other. We take each other for granted, you know. Resigned. Oh, it'll never happen. Oh, it'll never change something. The spark went out or there was so much focus on raising the children that we forgot, you know, to bring attention to each other. So that gets reawakened, that gets rekindled. Mm, reinvigorated. Yeah, I say that anybody in a body who's willing can get this. Oh, that's so true. So you true. Know, that's the thing. They've got to be willing, you know, because yeah, if that, someone comes to us and they're resistant, it's like, okay, just keep what you got. I don't know why you paid us to come here. You yeah, hopefully they, they, you know what I mean? But that never happens. Once because they they're, register, they're pretty set. Then, uh, this is why we, with everyone who comes to us, we first have a conversation. You know, if they then sign up or not, but we want people to get clear. What is their heart's desire? You know, and once they connect with that, both here and then for the relationship, or if they come as singles, you know, just what is that? And if that was possible, and if they could open this up in a three-day workshop or in a three-month private program, you know, wouldn't it be worth it? Of course, you want to then totally apply yourself, do the practices, go through the processes, because that is where the gold resides. Mm. So true. I I have to say, your program and just the two of you together... I. I, I've told Elizabeth before, it's as if she swallowed a light bulb and I want some of it. And Freddie's the same way. He is so inviting. And this program, from what I have seen of it, is in, incredibly inviting. It just, mm. it makes you want, you've got to come. And you touch on that with a relationship. Just like you said, um, people are together a long time. And if you want it to be successful, you have to continue to be in a state of discovery of yourself and with the other person or somewhere, somewhere along the way you can lose each other. And mm -hmm. that's not the time to give up. That's the time to take the trip again and discover. So mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose this. I've loved this conversation, but I happen to know that there's a whole lot more to this that we haven't even had the opportunity to touch on yet. So what I'd like to do is invite you to come back for a part two of a very stimulating conversation that is about even more, not just your intimate relationship with yourself and your partner, but how to take this into your life with the people that you work with, with your colleagues, with your clients, with the people that you work for that for the people that you want to work with this is an expansive subject beyond what you might have thought where we started there's a long way to go with this so i'm going to invite you both to come back for part two would you be game that'd be great oh, wonderful thank you Fantastic. So I will put that in the works. And in the meantime, I want to thank Dr. Elspeth Moit and Freddie Zental Weaver for gracing us with some really deep dive um, exploratory um, conversation that I think 
everybody's going to be intrigued by. I know that I am. And that is what the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight is about. Yes, we're about taking speaking to a new level and how it can change your life, but on a deeper level as well, that intimacy and authenticity matter. And that's what Elizabeth and Freddie are really all about. So for part two, there's a lot more information I think you're going to want to know. So with that said, I'm going to thank everybody who came to listen today. Um, if it makes you think about it uh, when you leave this and you want to know more, then we have done our job today. And I'm excited to invite you back. Well, um, right. And and if they like, you know, in between between now and the, the second part, um, you can go to our website at tantranova.com. Yes, I will have that right on the bottom of, of this presentation so that you can click right through and check them out. I think you're going to be, you've just, you've just gotten to peek into the, the, the beginning of what's available here. So thanks to everybody. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you during our next show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight.